Are you trying to start a podcast but are struggling with the process? Well, you're in the right place now. Contact one of us at Across the Board Sports and we can help you get started through Anchor. We're looking for more podcasters and the best place to do your show is on Anchor. It is the easiest way to distribute your podcast on all major platforms and it's the most user-friendly website. Contact us and let's begin. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Cavs Nation, good morning. It is December 17th, 2019. The holidays are fast approaching. 2019 is quickly reaching its conclusion. And the Cleveland Cavaliers are the 13th seed in the Eastern Conference coming into the day with a 6-21 and record. And you know, they were 4-5 to start the year. They've dropped 16 of 18. Tristan and Coach Beeline got into that little beef, and then Tristan sat out the overtime win over the Spurs, the four, uh, all of the fourth, and OT. The key was that they did get it done. They survived. They advanced in what's been a trying season. They've beaten just one team with a winning record. That is the Indiana Pacers. But it felt good to get that win. You know, outside of that, you now early in the season, happy with what, what I was seeing, and now a whole lot of... Yikes, whole lot of, oh no, there are plenty of issues uh, within this team and things that you wish could be better. On the brighter side first, for the first time in their young careers together, we saw Colin Sexton and Darius Garland both top the 20-point plateau together. That happened last night in the loss to Toronto. Couldn't be expected to win that one. They did put up 113 points. Considering the Cavs are the 28th ranked offense, that was good to see. Uh, Tristan Thompson has regressed a bit. Not exactly sure what's going on with Kevin Love since his 30-point outing against the Spurs with 17 rebounds. He has less than 30 points and 17 rebounds put together over the last two games. So when he was playing last year, he looked just fine. He looked great this year. He's had some good games. He's also had some very bad games. One thing is for sure... As Kevin's averages now sit, 16 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists a game. He cannot be a the top option on a team with a winning record, one. And two, his days as a star might be over. He can rebound the ball effectively on the defensive end. He's not getting many offensive this year. He can pass the ball well, and he can get to his spots, but he is far from great. He is just good. He's a very good player. He has passed, I believe, at this stage with this team, past his days of being a great player. Larry Nance continues to struggle a bit. He's not sc- he's shooting 50% from the floor, 36% from three. He's got to find his groove. He's got to look for a shot more. But again, Darius Garland had the 20-point, five-assist night last night. He's been playing much better, and it's great to see. He, Colin, and Jetty have started every game this season. Osman continues to have his ups and downs, being consistent. While Kevin Porter continues to show us that he can be a game-changing player for this team. Fonzo McKinney getting a few bench minutes here and there. John Henson has come in, and he hasn't impressed much. He should probably stop shooting the three ball, that's for sure. He's protecting the rim for the Cavs a bit. But the bad news is Dylan Windler suffering a setback and will be out a few additional weeks. Not sure when his NBA debut is going to come. It's going to be later than we expected. 
Really hope that it happens soon. Dylan Windler is a guy that this team could sure use right now. And while he remains out, it is not a good thing. No, no, no. So we'll <clears throat> we'll see when he debuts. Been waiting on him to come back. He's a guy that can make shots effectively. Shoots the three well. As we look, Jordan Clarkson leads the team with 53 made threes. Garland, 48 of 47. Jetty, 44. 22 for KP. 26 for Sexton, who's taking a step back with his... Oh, Josh, and Delhi, I don't know. I'm not sure what happened to him this year. He's just 5 for 42 uh, on three-point shots. But nevertheless... I probably I give this team a C minus to this point in the year. And they started great. I thought Beeline was getting it done because they don't like his system. Uh, calling naming plays after animals is apparently immature and not NBA like, according to the article from the Athletic. It was an anonymous sources gave the information to Joe Varden, so I'm not sure how much to read into it, but. That's not good when that comes out this early in the year. I think the Cavs will be okay as the season winds on. They'll get a great draft pick. And we're on to our next subject. Kind of tying it in. Trade chips. So as we watch this Cavs team, a good number of these guys are basically playing now to showcase what they can give other teams. Got a few guys here. Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love, Jordan Clarkson, maybe Brandon Knight at the end of the bench. So we got, on the season, Kev, we talked about him averaging 16 and 11 with three assists. There's a number of teams that could certainly use his services. If you take a look around the NBA, Portland, a team that comes to mind, you think about what the Cavs could get in return, that is the most important part of any trades they make. Maybe a, get pick up a Zach Collins, young guy type from Portland. Maybe an Anthony Simons, a scoring guard off the bench, should you part with Jordan Clarkson. Gary Trent Jr. They certainly got guys that can move and could even get Scalabissier. I mean, say what you will about him. I mean, he has actually been solid for Portland this year. He's not a Marquise Chris type who's going to come in and not exactly know what to do when he touches the NBA court. He's actually doing okay in Golden State, but not a big Marquise Chris guy. And Kevin Connett, something nice from Portland. Could maybe see the Spurs, depending on what direction they go. They have a number of guards they can part with to try and give the Cavs some bench depth. Maybe Jakob Pertle, if the Cavs had any interest there. Or their uh, Luka Samanich, Spurs' first-round pick, who hasn't seen any court time yet. And a number of teams could use Kevin Love, and I'm sure it's going to Boston could use a potential Kevin type. They play Jason Tatum at the four. Hard to say what they'd part with in regard to picks or maybe get a Rob Williams to come to Cleveland and that kind of deal. Uh, they don't have a ton of other guys. To be. Carson Edwards would not fit well with this Cavs team, but there's a anywhere you look around, maybe even Miami could. They've been just fine with what they got, but they'd probably be open to acquiring somebody new to continue to spice things up. Bam Adebayo plays the four with Myers Leonard. But you had Kevin Love to a Jimmy Butler... Goran Dragic, tight. Tyler Hero, Winslow. Miami's gone through injury after injury, and yet they still come out smelling like a rose. They did lose to Memphis last night, but they have shown us a lot this year. So they could use Kevin Sir, maybe the Utah Jazz, if they want to get him, and pair him with Bojan, Rudy, Mitchell, and Conley. They can go right ahead and do that, move Bojan back to the three. 
But De- Kevin Love is definitely the main trade chip, and I do expect at some point this season he will get moved. Look at Jordan Clarkson. He's averaging 14 points, a couple rebounds, a couple assists off the bench. He leads the team in threes at two per game. Shoots the ball 11 times a night, 43% from the floor. You know, he has his days where he's great. He has his days where he is not great and where he's bad and where he's costing the Cavs possessions and points and he's not sharing it. And on those days, you know, it's not going to be good for the Cavs. And so when he's off, you know, he's certainly not helping the team in any way, shape, or form. They need him to perform to win a lot of these games that they have been winning. Comes through clutch. He's gone for 40 off the bench before. Sure, a whole. I know Philly had been rumored to be interested in him. He'd be a good fit. Singing about what the Sixers need to do to usurp the Bucks. A guy like Clarkson off the bench could help you out there. Sixers have plenty of pieces they could trade over to Cleveland. If they'd be willing to part with Matisse Tybel, probably not. But if they were, then you get a Furcon Corkmas type. Yeah, Norval Pell on a two-way contract to be a great defensive addition to the Cavs. Shake Milton or Zaire Smith, perhaps. They got plenty of young pieces that aren't in the rotation getting minutes that could shine in Cleveland. Also, you look back to Denver as a Kevin Love team, by the way. You can get a Michael Porter or a Bull Bull in return. That's great. They may not get an extra draft pick in the first round for Love. You can get any pick to move up, and any draft pick you acquire can be used to move up in the draft next year if you want to... If you say the Cavs get the sixth pick and then they trade for the 22nd pick, they can potentially package both to move even higher and get a specific guy they want. It's going to be a loaded lottery next year, so might not need to, but it's just an option. So Jordan Clarkson probably be on the move at some point. If he's not, that's great. If he is, you know, it's been great having him. First year in Cleveland, eh, did have a great debut at the Cavs. Remember that game against Boston on ABC? He was splashing those threes. And lastly... I hope he doesn't get moved, but Tristan Thompson, the guy I'd love to see in Cleveland for the years to come. I had it all mixed up coming into the year. I thought, keep Kev, trade Tristan. It should be the other way around. His numbers aren't what they were to begin the year. Still averaging about 13 and 10. Scores on the low block well. He rebounds effectively. He's even protecting the rim a bit this year. There's 1.1 blocks per game. The only rumor that that I had uh, seen circulating was that he may be dealt to Toronto, that they had interest. Probably have to trade Gasol or Ibaka in that regard, so maybe not. Toronto is winning a lot this season, and he is Canadian, so that would send him back to his home country. Now, nevertheless, Tristan Thompson, if he was dealt, you get a nice return for him. You get a, a couple of young guys, maybe even a pick for what he can bring. He's on an expiring contract now. They had have had preliminary talks about extending him here. Any bunch of teams could use Trist. I can't think of any team that wouldn't be better off with him except maybe the Clippers. Because uh, they, No, they could. If they could move Zubots and somehow get a package to get Tristan, Harrell and Thompson for 48 minutes at the center spot with all everything else around them, that's unstoppable. It's probably not going to happen, but if the Cavs could get the Clippers... Well, the Clippers did trade all their picks already. That's, that's probably impossible. But if it did somehow happen, the Cavs get a Zubots guy who's younger... And solid, maybe one of the young guards, like a Terrence Mann over there. You know, Jerome Robinson, Derek Walton. Why not? And now I'm look ahead to the Cavs' next few games. They've got the Hornets tomorrow. they got the Grizzlies on Saturday. 
and the Atlanta Hawks on Monday. They're playing three teams that have not exactly impressed this year, but we look at this Hornets matchup. They let Kemba Walker go, and you know the crazy thing is they might actually be better off for it. Kemba's a great player. This is not a knock on him, but just the team. Coming off getting blown out against Indiana uh, on their, over the weekend. They'll play the Kings tonight, and then they'll have the Cavs tomorrow as part of a back-to-back. The Hornets, believe it or not, 26th in scoring in the NBA despite all the points they put up. So they're 12-17, and 17, and it's their backcourt. That gets the job done for them. Devontae Graham has been insane this year. Shooting overall 40% from the floor. 60% of his shots are threes. He makes four a night. 20 points, four boards, and seven assists. Began the year as a reserve. Then became a starter. Terry Rozier is averaging about 17 points, five boards, four assists. Shooting 41%. He's had a nice year for them. They've since moved Cody Zeller to the bench. He averaged about 12 and 8. P.J. Washington will not be playing. He's out through Christmas now with a new injury. He had been averaging 12 a game. They got Miles Bridges scoring 13. And they spread They spread the love. Malik Monk has been good off the bench. So has Marvin Williams. Cody Martin, when he's played, has given them some good energy. On the defensive end, you know, Bismack Biombo averaging what? His numbers aren't great. 8 points, 5 rebounds, and a block, but... He's been good for them while starting, which is very important for Charlotte to have. I mean, they're not impressing at all, really. They're 12th in three-point percentage. However, they're fifth in offensive rebounding. They don't foul too much. But, you know, they're, they're a weird team. They've won clutch games. They've lost clutch games. And I think basically for the Cavs to win, Cavs' backcourt has to outplay Charlotte's backcourt. And I think it's doable. I think Sexton and Graham, or Sexton and Garland, rather, have a good lesson with Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham. They don't always take the smartest shots, although they do take a lot of shots. But, you know, Charlotte is going to score a lot on you. They're also going to allow you to do a lot. And I think the Cavs are going to beat Charlotte just because of the fact that Charlotte, at times, uh, we mentioned the defensive struggles that they have and their inability to close games. I think the Cavs could get it done in the late moments. And they got Memphis. On Saturday, another winnable game. Memphis 16th in scoring, 26th in points allowed, 12th in the league in attendance. They come in at 10 and 17. And they don't have Andre Iguodala. He's probably not going to be playing for them at all. We'll wait and see what happens with him. Josh Jackson spent the whole year in the G League. And Grayson Allen should be out with a right ankle injury. Look at, they got John Morant. 19 points and 7 assists a game. Dylan Brooks, now that he's healthy again, he's averaging 14. He's had some big games in the last week. JJJ, Jaron Jackson. Not a very good rebounder for a 7-footer, but he does average 17 points and about a block. Got Jonas Valanciunas, 14-10. Rookie Brandon Clark scores 13 off the bench. And and they got a whole lot of basically role players that aren't going to score much. And Marco Gudurich, Bruno Caboclo, Solomon Hill, Kyle Anderson, Tyus Jones out there. Jay Crowder averaging 11. What does Memphis do well? The three ball, not a big part of their arsenal. They're 20th in attempts and makes. They take the fifth most twos in the league. They're third in assists. I mean, they move the ball well. You got backup point guard Tyus Jones averages five assists. Anthony Melton averages three. Seven a game for Morant. Three for Crowder, which is pretty solid for a forward. The 10th in blocks. 10th in steals. They got two rim protectors in JV and Jaron Jackson. 
And they shoot the three well when they decide to actually, I mean, that's their 20th in attempts and percentages I mentioned, but there's times they'll get hot with it, whether it's Crowder, Morant doesn't love it, but he'll hit it, Dylan Brooks, JJJ. The key for this matchup is slowing the bigs and don't let John Morant penetrate and get to the rim. I think this is actually going to be a loss for the Cavs and a pretty close game, probably lose by 10 to 12 when it's all said and done. I think John Morant has a big day against Garland and Sexton, and we just can't stop Valanchunas on the boards. Kevin Love may have a hard time covering Triple J. And we got the Hawks coming up next week as John Collins has continued to serve his suspension. He played the first five games on the year, and he just will not be back in time for that game or Hawks have basically been a one-man show all season this year. Trey Young has been out of this world. Actually, the Cavs game will be the last one that Collins has to sit out with his suspension. Uh, look at Trey Young's numbers. I mean, they're six and twenty-one. They're twentieth in scoring, twenty-seventh in defense, and points allowed. Trey is averaging twenty-eight points, four boards, eight and a half assists in his second season with a ridiculously high usage rate. He's 37% from three. They've gotten 16 points and six rebounds a game. A nice surprise, Jabari Parker. We had kind of written him off. Many people around the league had written him off as a guy that, yeah, he's eh, not great. has his moments. But, well, he has shown that he's still got game. He was good when he played for the Wizards in the second half of last season. And now he is showing what he can do. And actually, by the way, Pardon that. John Collins will actually return for the Cavs game. He's averaging he averaged seventeen and nine with two blocks, while shooting forty eight percent from three in the five games he played in this year. He will be back, so he will be facing John Collins. Won't be facing Kevin Hurt, or he'll be out yet again. He has struggled with health. Damian Jones has averaged about eight points, four boards since becoming the starting center. Alex Len lost a lot of his playing time and his outside touch. Got a whole lot of veterans on that bench. Old man Vince Carter. Chandler Parsons doesn't play much. Evan Turner, mostly young guys. Bembry's 25. Reddish is 20. Jabari's still only 24. DeAndre Hunter, 22. Trey's only 21. But the, the only key to winning this game, it's one. Stop Trey. And by Cam Reddish is only shooting 32% from the field, 26% from three. He's had an atrocious rookie season. You know, just stop Trey Young and limit John Collins. I think the Hawks, even though their poor record, do get the wins. So they'll put the Cavs at... One and two in these three games. Then it comes down to the last second. And Trey Young has showed us that he can be clutch. So one and two for the Cavs over the next three. And now we take you to today's little throwback Tuesday, we'll call it. Dion Waiters hits the game winner over the Detroit Pistons five years ago. R.I.P. Fred McLeod. He's on the call. Let's hear Fred McLeod, as good as they get, miss him every day. Such a great announcer for the Cavs for 15 years, and he died suddenly in September. Really hit home, really hit hard. and It didn't hit home, excuse me, just hit really hard. It was really hard to process. 
it took a long time to really pass the uh, for the news to pass through my mind that Fred McLeod was really gone. But called the great one. That was a great Cavs win over the Pistons. And in a year where they're just six and twenty-one, you gotta remember the good times and the good days that lie ahead. And lastly, happy twenty-eighth anniversary, Cavs fans! The biggest blowout in NBA history. Cavs versus Heat, December seventeenth. 1991, final score, Cleveland 148, Miami 80. The Cavs held the Heat to 27 in the second half while putting up 75. That's a 48-point differential. Eight guys in double figures, led by Mark Price, 18 and 11 assists. John Battle also had 18. Henry James, 17. John Williams, 16, 17 for Brad Daugherty, 11 for Danny Ferry with 11 rebounds. And Double-double for Winston Bennett with 11 and 10. Steve Kerr played that game for the Cavs. Five points, two rebounds, and three assists. Larry Nance Sr. was on the team in those days. Craig Elo, great day to remember. The Cavs improved to 13-8 that day. And the fact of the matter is the Heat were 11-11 entering that game. They beat a team with a 500 record by 68 points. What a day, Cavs fans. What a day. That'll do it for this edition of Across the Cavs. I'm your host, Zach Weiss, and we will see you next week.